1: What up space fam, Gozan here from Anime Upper and I'm back at it again with another Naruto video and a much requested one at that. Today we'll be looking at all 10 tailed beasts and their powers. If you do enjoy seeing these Naruto videos and want to keep them coming, the best thing you can do is smash that like button until it's blue and leave suggestions in the comments for what video you would like to see next. If you haven't be sure to subscribe and this is crucial hit that notification bell so you don't miss future Naruto videos when they drop. And while you wait for the next one to come out, feel free to check out my growing Naruto playlist which includes videos about all the Hokage, all the Uzumaki, all Otsutsuki, and much more. Link to that is in the description. Now without further ado, let's jump into it, spoilers and all. So let's get into a brief introduction of what tailed beasts are. The nine tailed beasts we are familiar with came from the ten tails, more on the ten tails later. For now, we just gotta know that Hagoromo, aka the Sage of Six Paths, after serving as the Jinchuriki of the Ten Tails decided to divide that immense chakra into nine different living creatures that he created using the creation of all things technique. In addition to creating new beings, this process was also supposed to make it more difficult for the Ten Tails to resurrect. The nine tailed beasts were supposed to help maintain balance and peace in the world. Hagoromo gave names to all nine of the tailed beasts. On a side note, the tailed beasts started out as adorable chibi versions of their current selves, with baby Kurama. Being especially cute. To those adorable tailed beast babies, Hagoromo stated that even if they were apart, they'd always be together, and eventually the day would come when they would be united again. Each of them would have their own unique names and different forms at that time, unlike when they were the ten tails inside Hagoromo. And at this point, they would be led properly and learn what true power is. And that eventually happened when they reunited inside Naruto, who had to learn a whole bunch of hard names. All at, once. at one point Obito would define the tailed beasts as chakra monsters and explain that long ago the first hokage collected a few of them and kept them under his control. Each time a great shinobi war threatened, Hashirama used them to maintain the power balance and distributed them to other lands, starting with the five principal territories as proof of alliances or agreements. Unlike the Sage of Six Paths, subsequent people viewed the tailed beasts as chakra weapons, which is why many tailed beasts Developed antagonistic relationships with people, despite the fact that they came from a person, albeit an alien, godlike one. Like Hagoromo, Hashirama wanted to use the tailed beasts to help maintain balance. But the problem was, the first Hokage used the tailed beasts forcefully without their consent or cooperation. It took Naruto, Asura Otsutsuki's latest reincarnation, to finally figure out that they should be treated as equals and friends rather than just as weapons. With that basic info, out of the way, let's start things off with the one tailed Shukaku. As we know, Shukaku was sealed inside Sand King Gara, who served as its red-haired and eyebrowless Jinchuriki. The tailed beasts are based off of different animals and Shukaku is based off of a tanuki or Japanese raccoon dog. Shukaku's first Jinchuriki was a nice elderly priest who reminded Shukaku of the Sage of Six Paths because he treated the tailed beasts with respect. Bunpuku was his name and pacifism was his game, even though the way people treated him was insane. Lighthearted rhyming aside, the Sunagakure village viewed him as a monster and kept him in jail despite the fact that he was doing them a huge service by being the Jinchuriki, so no one else had to be. What I really respect about this guy is his Zen monk level of acceptance and gratefulness. Rather than hating Shukaku because being its vessel meant being separated from all other humans, he was always nice to Shukaku and grateful for its company. Even if the villagers forgot his name, he was grateful that Shukaku knew his name. And when asked if he ever got lonely because he could only communicate with a man-hating beast, he responded and I quote, There's no need to distinguish between man and beast. A friend of the heart provides peace of mind. No matter the species end quote i think anyone who's ever had a pet dog can relate to that Boonpuku puku counted his blessings and never blamed others knowing that no matter their actions fundamentally people's hearts wish to connect with and accept each other rather than being sad Boonpuku puku cried tears of joy and gratitude when Shukaku told him he reminded it of the Sage of Six Paths, and then Bunpuku revealed it was the nicest thing anyone had ever said to him. Although we don't know his name, we know that Shukaku's Jinchuriki before Gara inspired the third Kazekage's Iron Sand technique. Eventually, Gara inherited the tailed beast, and his father, the fourth Kazekage, arguably the worst dad in anime, labeled his Jinchuriki son a failed experiment because he couldn't control Shukaku and his emotions. And I don't think any kid could if they were constantly the target of assassins, and if they were also convinced that the few people who loved them actually hated them and wanted to see them dead. Gara, more than anyone, deserves to talk to a therapist about his childhood trauma and daddy issues. And when you combine all that with Insomnia and Shukaku's hatred of humans by this point, you obviously get a less tame Jinchuriki-Biju combo than when an enlightened monk is in charge. But enough about bad parenting, let's dig up some info about Shukaku's skills. Like all tailed beasts, Shukaku comes along with a massive amount of chakra and the ability to fire off tailed beast balls aka biju bombs. When the user falls asleep, Shukaku can take full control and go on a rampage, which is why early Gara feared sleep and was constantly sleep deprived, leading to an even more unstable personality. Now let's talk ninjutsu. Shukaku is known for his sand manipulation. Shukaku's body is made of sand and it can further use sand to attack or defend. It takes pride in the absolute sand defense. Shukaku has the ability to use grand sand mausoleum seal to trap an opponent in a sand pyramid that is further strengthened by the curse marks on Shukaku's body. It wasn't good enough to defeat Madara obviously, but it's still a sweet move that can slow him down. Shukaku has access to wind release and earth release and he can seemingly combine these two to use his signature magnet release as well. In Boruto, we see Shukaku form a blast of air that can level the landscape even impressing an Otsutsuki. When one of his air bullets hit Gamabunta, he had to admit that it packed an unbelievable amount of chakra and he couldn't handle much more. Then there's the really cool Gara and Shukaku combo called wind release sand buckshot, where Gara prepares sand particles and Shukaku propels them with a giant gust of wind. The Sand Particle's easily penetrate the opponent's skin, and if that wasn't awesome enough, Gara can now use the sand in their bloodstream to paralyze the opponent. Lastly, I'll mention the Sage Art Magnet Release Rasengan, where Six path Sage Mode Naruto uses Shukaku's Magnet Release to form a Rasengan with Shukaku's curse seal marks on it. When it makes contact with a target, the marks spread across the body and immobilize it. All in all, Shukaku is a very impressive giant sand tanuki who seems like a jerk at first, but man to develop solid and hype romances with a number of humans, including Gara and Naruto. Next up, we have the Two Tails, aka Matatabi. Matatabi is a blue blazing cat, it was sealed in Yugito ni from Kumogakure aka the village hidden in the clouds when she was 2 years old. Later Hidan and Kakuzu defeat Yugito so the Akatsuki can extract Matatabi out of her. Matatabi is notably more polite to humans than most tailed beasts when conversing with them and now let's turn to this blue fire cat's powers. Besides having large amounts of chakra and the ability to launch tailed beast balls, Matatabi can use fire release. After it takes over Yugito's body in the battle against the Akatsuki, it launches is a giant and destructive ball of fire from its mouth. Despite its large size, it moves with great speed and can send opponents flying with one swing of its strong paw. We have seen less of some tailed beasts than others and in this case, Matatabi hasn't had as much screen time as Shukaku and so we obviously have less info about her and her powers. So although I like this respectful fire breathing monster cat, it is nonetheless time to move on to the three tails aka Isobu, the giant turtle beast with a sprinkle of crab-like and shrimp-like features added in for your sea-loving pleasure. Hashirama gave Isobu to Kirigakure aka the village hidden in the mist when he was trying to foster peace and create a balance of power at the Gokage summit eventually the Hidden Leaf's own Rin, close friend to Kakashi, and the crush of Obito, was kidnapped and made into Isobu's Jinchuriki. The plan was for her to serve as a kind of Trojan horse. Once back inside Konoha, the three tails would be unleashed and would go on a rampage destroying the village. To prevent this, she threw herself in the way of Kakashi's lightning blade and thus bravely sacrificed her own life to protect the village. Isobu revived as tailed beasts do and ended up being sealed in the fourth Mizukage, Yagura. Yagura was singled out by Danzo along with Madara, Hashirama and B for being one of the few to ever achieve true or complete control over a tailed beast. Yagura as a Jinchuriki was genjutsu'd pretty hard by Obito Uchiha though. Ao eventually dispelled the genjutsu with his Byakugan and Yagura died. When the Akatsuki came to capture the three tails, it was in the wild rather than inside a Jinchuriki. Deidara had to drag its full sized giant shell back after defeating it. Isobu is more timid and like Matatabi, friendlier than your average tailed beast, which helps explain in part how Yagura could gain complete control of it. In addition to having lots of chakra and access to tailed beast balls, Isobu has a number of sea based powers, it can move swiftly through water and can use the technique coral palm which on contact causes coral to form rapidly on a target until the coral is covering their entire body and they are no longer able to move. In the anime Isobu can use a cool genjutsu ability called illusionary mist that uses past memories to trap the target in a tormenting illusion. Additionally, Isobu can make like Sonic the Hedgehog and roll around at high speeds. Its spiky shell means that it can cause a lot of devastating damage if it hits an opponent in this form. Having a shell and tough skin make for an excellent defense, but its open eye remains vulnerable to attack. When it comes to ninjutsu, Isobu has access to water release as well as yin release in the anime. In the anime, Isobu creates tailed beast shock waves that can repel attacks and cause tidal waves. It can launch massive water bullets and even use space-time ninjutsu in the anime. And that about covers this friendly turtle giant. Moving on to The Four Tails aka Seton Taisei Son Goku. This four-tailed monkey king and Kakarot reference was given to Iwagakure, aka the village hidden in the stones by Hashirama. This monkey king has red fur and green skin, understandably Sun Goku didn't trust humans since according to it, they only see the tailed beasts as sources of great power. Humans imprison the tailed beasts and deny them of their true status. However Naruto makes Sun realize that not all humans are like that, and the monkey king also reveals that the nine tails name is Kurama to Naruto, Roshi was Son's Jinchuriki, another name you might recognize from Dragon Ball, which was heavily inspired by the Journey to the West story and Naruto in turn drew inspirations from both. Roshi was from Iwagakure, and he was known for his lava release, which is why they called him Roshi of the Lava style. Kisame does manage to defeat him, but he notes that it wasn't easy to Itachi, claiming that the corrosion style jutsu Roshi used is nothing to laugh about. This Jinchuriki could use lava style to shoot scorching rocks from his mouth and lava release chakra mode to create a kind of lava armor around himself. It enhanced defense and attacks to the point that a punch could burn a target even if direct contact wasn't made. But back to Sun specifically, in addition to massive chakra reserves and tailed beast balls, Sun skilled enough in taijutsu to deliver a nicely timed kick against Madara. Sun is also strong enough to lift other tailed beasts like the eight tails. In terms of nature transformations, Sun can use fire release, earth release, and combine them both to use lava release as mentioned. We saw how Sun's Jinchuriki used lava release, but I will add that Sun could also use the floral mountain jutsu, which sounds idyllic and nice, but actually consists of using lava release to create a volcano. This volcano explodes with scorching rocks and lava in every direction, giving it the appearance of a flower. Lastly, Sun can shoot green flames from his mouth, as seen in the anime and even in a data book. Now let's move on to tailed beast number 5, Kokuo. Here we combine the attributes of a white horse who has 5 tails and a dolphin's head. After catching it, Hashirama gave it to Iwagakure along with Sun. It was subsequently sealed in Han of Iwagakure, also called the Jinchuriki of the Steam he wore steam armor that takes advantage of boil release. The hype armor contains a furnace on its back that stores steam and then emits it to increase the force of his attacks. One kick could send Naruto flying so hard that even Killer B was pushed back when he tried to catch him. Kokuo is one of the more quiet and polite Biju, Who wants to avoid conflict if possible. When given the chance, it prefers to seclude itself in a forest. In addition to having massive chakra and tailed beast balls, it can ram into targets with enough speed and force to send them flying. In regards to nature transformations, it has access to water release, fire release, and can combine these two to use the already mentioned boil release. His Jinchuriki created his epic steam armor to specifically take advantage of Kokuo's boil release. Boil Release gives the Five Tails and its Jinchuriki access to steam-based ninjutsu. Boil Release, unrivaled strength style, increases speed, strength, and allows one to evaporate water and ice on contact. Now let's move on to the six tails, also known as Saiken. Saiken is a kind of upright giant snail with six tails, clearly not all designs are as straightforward as a fox with extra tails. Hashirama gave Saiken to Kirigakure along with Isobu. It eventually ended up being sealed in Utakata, who left the village during the bloody mist era, became a missing nin and died at 26 years old after the Akatsuki extracted his biju. In addition to the usual massive chakra reserves and the ability to fire biju bombs, Saiken also has the ability to release corrosive liquids or gases that will burn the enemy on contact. The gas can spread quickly and as Might Guy noticed, it will instantly cause a tree to wilt upon contact. In terms of nature transformations, Saiken can use water release, including attacks like water-style syrup trap, which covers the ground in a sticky glue-like liquid. As you probably guessed, this attack can immobilize an opponent if they step in it, and even if they don't, it limits their mobility on the battlefield. The liquid can also be manipulated and travel up surfaces, making it even more difficult to avoid. Saiken's Jinchuriki, Utakata, could also use water-style bubble jutsu. He'd produce bubbles using a bubble pipe, yes that's a thing and more dangerous than you'd think. This bubble blower can manipulate these bubbles and cause them to blow up at will. You could combine the bubbles with acid to make them even more deadly, and in the anime Utakata could use the bubbles to transport himself to trap enemies, drown them by filling the bubble with water, or he could fill the bubbles with blinding powder. The possibilities go on and on, who would have thought that blowing soap bubbles could be such a deadly and versatile fighting style. And although it may seem a little boring that Saiken can only use water release, we must remember that its acid scattering ninjutsu, also called Wisdom Wolf Decay, is unique to it and it can give its water style attacks a unique twist if it combines the two. Next, we have the Seven Tails, aka Lucky Seven Chomei. Chomei is an insect in shining armor. More specifically, it's based off of a rhinoceros beetle, a bug that also inspired the Pokemon Heracross. Kishimoto chose to also give it a medieval knight's helmet as a skull, giving it a very cool and unique look. Six of its tails are wings, while one is more like a normal tail. Hashirama gave Chomei to Takigakure, also known as the village hidden in the waterfall. This village is unique because it's located in an unnamed country and it was the only village that didn't belong to the five great shinobi nations to be given a biju. Chomei was eventually sealed in Fu, a female ninja or kunoichi, from Takigakure. The Akatsuki then extracted the seven tails from her causing her death. So I think you see a recurring pattern here, the Akatsuki are definitely not a Jinchuriki's best friend. Besides nice juicy chakra levels and access to Biju bombs, Chomei can fly and release a blinding powder. Being the insect of the group, it can also use insect based attacks and would have been a pretty cool Biju for Shino Aburame if he was a Jinchuriki. Chomei can also use its big horn like a lance to ram into enemies. In the anime, it can also surround itself with a cocoon. Not only does it raise its defense, it slows down chakra absorption. The cocoon's weakness is being pierced by a chakra blade in the right spot spot, which can be identified with the Byakugan. Unfortunately, we don't have more info about Chome. not even notable nature transformations, but hey, at least it looks cool and can fly. Next we have a fan favorite Bijuu, the Eight Tails aka Gyuki, Killer Bee's very own Bijuu. Gyuki is like an ox crossed with an octopus or an octo-ox if you will. Hashirama gave Gyuki to the village hidden in the clouds along with Matatabi. Like other tailed beasts, the eight tails would get loose and go on a rampage, causing destruction to the village. The third Raikage was an absolute legend and would stop him, but he refused to give up trying to find the perfect Jinchuriki for him because the eight tails was just too important of a weapon for Kumogakure to ignore. It was sealed into Killer B when he was five years old. Old. Eventually, he went on to befriend Gyuki and gain control over it, unlike its past Jinchurikis. Gyuki is extremely strong. Kurama said that Gyuki is the second strongest after itself, albeit Gyuki did tell Kurama after this not to decide who's stronger or weaker based on tail count. Gyuki actually fought the third Raikage, referred to as the strongest shinobi in Kumogakure's history, until they both collapsed from exhaustion. It's an impressive feat for both of them, and goes to show how strong they both were. Like the others, Gyuki has massive reserves of chakra, and can also recharge them completely in a relatively short period of time. Something epic we witnessed was when Killer B overcame Sasuke's genjutsu in a split second. As he pointed out, genjutsu doesn't work against Jinchuriki hosts, who have control over their biju. The biju can agitate their chakra and wake them up. Gyuki's tentacles are also very useful. A tentacle can take the form of a Killer Bee clone that could even trick Sasuke's Sharingan. Notably, it can use its tails or tentacles to unleash the 8-tail biju twister attack. The spinning tails create strong gusts of wind that send surrounding shinobi blasting off. Gyuki's biju ball was strong enough to break through the so-called impenetrable barrier of the barrier core. We also got to see Gyuki and Kurama charge up a much stronger biju ball many times greater than even their gigantic body sizes. And as you'd expect from an octopus like creature, Gyuki can use ink to its advantage. The ink can be used to blind opponents or the ink can turn into ink clones. Because why not have clones made out of everything? And now let's move on to the one and only, the nine tailed fox, our boy Kurama who has been inside of our protagonist since the story began. Kurama has also been called a monster fox, I am biased because the nine Tales was my favorite Pokemon even before I watched Naruto, so of course Kurama has to be my favorite tailed beast. It also doesn't hurt that we've seen the most of it and that Kurama becomes very close to Naruto as the story progresses. Although Kurama appeared to be a human-hating, dangerous, and demonic enemy at one point, with Naruto's acceptance and friendship, Kurama was able to transform into a hero who straight up sacrificed his own life in order to save Naruto and the world from the threat of Ishiki Otsutsuki. We'll discuss this in further detail later on, but let's just take a second to appreciate how far Kurama has come since the beginning of the series. Jiraiya explains the view that humans had of the Ninetales when he says that the nine-tailed Fox has appeared in times of consequence all through the ages. It's a ghastly spirit, destroying everything in its path. That's why people in ancient times feared it as one of the divine retributions. At one point, the Gold and Silver brothers working for kubogakure tried to capture the Ninetales, although they didn't succeed seed, they also didn't die after being eaten by Kurama. They were inside the nine tails for two weeks, causing a ruckus in there until Kurama sent them back out. In the process, they also gained some of Kurama's chakra and power. Later, Madara would go on to use the Sharingan to take control of Kurama and use it in order to fight Hashirama Senju. It goes to show how insanely strong Hashirama was that even though Madara had Kurama on his side, Hashirama could still beat him. After that, Kurama was sealed inside the first Hokage's wife, Mito Uzumaki, its first Jinchuriki. Next up, Kurama was sealed inside Kushina Uzumaki, wife of the fourth Hokage and mother of the seventh. Mito told her that the key to being a Jinchuriki and counteracting the Ninetales' hatred was to fill oneself with love first. Then, even a Jinchuriki could live a happy life. At one point, Obito took advantage of the fact that the seal is weakened around the time of childbirth and used that opportunity to extract the Ninetales. Like Madara, he took control of Kurama with the Sharingan. Although Minato freed Kurama from Obito's control, it still had an antagonistic relationship with Konoha and continued to wreak havoc until Minato and Kushina eventually stopped it and sealed half of it into Naruto, at the cost of their lives. The other half went with Minato for the time being until it could be reunited inside Naruto down the line. So you could say that the nine-tailed fox cost the lives of Naruto's parents, even if Obito is primarily responsible for making it possible for this situation to take place. I'm still not too convinced that Minato should have died here, but it did make for one of the most touching chapters in Naruto, when Naruto finally finds out the truth of what happened and how much his parents loved him. Naruto even ends up looking past the fact that Kurama killed his parents, which is easier to forgive when you see the situation from its perspective. It does make sense that Kurama would act against people who see it as a tool and decide what to do with the Ninetales without paying any regard to what it wants. Combine that with its loneliness and distrust of humans and it's not surprising that it would have an antagonistic relationship with the humans of the village We're trying to trap it once again against its will. Now on to the power of the nine tails. It's very OP and considered to be the strongest of all the tailed beasts already mentioned. And obviously this doesn't include the ten tails which we'll get to in a bit. Keep in mind Naruto and Kurama could overpower five other tailed beasts with only half its power. That gives you a sense of the crazy power discrepancy we can expect to see between the tailed beasts. When you see something like that you can understand why Kurama insists that the more tails you have the stronger you are. Later Naruto gains Kurama's full power. He eventually became capable of summoning Kurama so that he manifested separately and they could fight apart. We talked a lot about massive chakra reserves and Kurama specifically are on another level. Kurama had to be sealed into the husk of the ten tails last or else it would disrupt the balance and the statue would fall apart. Then there's the fact that part of the nine tails chakra can be passed on to the allied shinobi forces in order to increase their power in chakra too. How's that for a chakra flex? Kurama's clearly got chakra to spare. We've seen Naruto use Kurama's chakra to enter his OP Ninetales chakra mode, but most recently in Boruto, we witnessed Baryon mode, which blows all previous forms out of the water. According to Kurama, this form is like nuclear fusion. It's a similar principle to how the sun produces energy. According to Kurama, unlike with the other modes, this is a totally different beast. As the raw materials to create this energy, Kurama's chakra and Naruto's get consumed until one or both of their lives run out. Another interesting fact is that on contact this form reduces the lifespan of their opponent too. This form allowed Naruto to defeat Ishiki Otsutsuki. It is the strongest Naruto's been. However, it came at a huge price. As Kurama later reveals, the cost the whole time was actually going to be its own life, not Naruto's. Kurama simply never told Naruto that because he knew he wouldn't go along with it if that was the case. So the demon fox who killed Naruto's parents ended up sacrificing itself to help save Naruto and the rest of the world. Usually you'd expect tailed beasts to come back again eventually after they die, but Kurama implies that it's different with Baryon mode and that Naruto won't see him again until he meets him in the afterlife. This happened recently at the time of making this video so we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that we haven't seen the last of this demon fox, but either way we can appreciate his amazing transformation and how much of a difference being treated with compassion and kindness made for Kurama. Along with Kurama's supercharged biju balls, it also has sensor skills, being able to sense negative emotions, a very useful ability in Naruto. In the anime, Kurama was also capable of using fire release and wind release, being able to breathe fire and create twisters respectively. At the end of the day, Kurama clearly stood above the other tailed beasts in power, but the ability to use Baryon mode was the overpowered icing on top of the overpowered cake. Lastly, let's take a look at the tentails, the being from which Hagoromo created the other tailed beasts. The Ten Tails is the combination of Kaguya Otsutsuki and the God Tree. Hagoromo ended up becoming the Ten Tails Jinchuriki, making him one of the most broken characters in Naruto. Later, in order to prevent the resurrection of the Ten Tails and Kaguya, he split the chakra up between nine different tailed beasts. A long time later, Madara and Obito would seek to become the next Ten Tails Jinchuriki. They wanted to use the insane power to carry out their own ends, and so they needed to collect the other tailed beasts first. This is how Kurama described the Ten Tails after he explained that the of Six Paths used to say that the Ten Tails revival would signify the end of the world. Kurama says, and I quote, Ten Tails is the aggregate of the chakra of all the Biju, one tail through me. He was the beginning of chakra and the creator god of many nations. He drank oceans, split open the earth, hoisted the mountains. He is the progenitor of is said to create this very land. A simple way to think of it is that his strength is the added total of all biju, I by myself couldn't take him on and hope to win." When Naruto was attempting to sense how strong the tentails was, Kurama told him not to do it, since he just see how immeasurable the power is. How hype is that? And keep in mind, we didn't get to see a full ten tails that incorporated the full power of all nine tailed beasts, which would have made him even stronger especially since Kurama the strongest of the nine was still inside Naruto. A noteworthy flex is that it was able to flick away a biju ball with a finger, and it can cause natural disasters with a roar. The ten tails is also very flexible, being able to detach a part of its flesh if it's on fire, being able to regrow lost limbs and form additional arms that it can manipulate out will. Additionally, it can form disconnected humanoid beings that can charge enemy forces. This ability gives the non-Naruto fighters a chance to fight and also reminds us just how much the tailed beast powers remind me of the titan shifter powers in Attack on Titan. In both cases, there are 9 powers or beings that were originally 1. You can definitely find a lot of parallels there, just saying. Anyways, the roots of the god tree are OP and can extend around enemies, even big ones like the tailed beasts, and absorb their from them. As the Tentails Jinchuriki, Obito shaped these roots into dragon heads, the god tree can also create a bud that blossoms, and that blossoming will reveal an eye at the flower's center which will be reflected by the moon and activate infinite Tsukuyomi, the ultimate genjutsu that traps all the world's inhabitants in a genjutsu while their chakra is siphoned off. Lastly, once the Rinnegan wielder becomes the Tentails Jinchuriki, they unlock six Paths senjutsu and the truth seeking orbs. The Tentails is associated with every kind of basic nature transformation, including fire, wind, earth, lightning, and water, as well as wood release. It also contains the power of yin and yang release, and as already mentioned, its unique and OP ability includes absorbing chakra. And that is it for all 10 tailed beasts and their powers explained. That was definitely one of my longer videos. Let me know which one is your favorite. Like I said, my favorite is Kurama, but I'm fully aware that that's not a very original answer. If you did enjoy this video, I wanna keep Naruto videos like this coming make sure to smash that like button. These kinds of videos take a bunch of work, so definitely turn that like button blue so I know you wanna see more. If you haven't, be sure to subscribe, and this is crucial, hit that notification bell, or you will miss future Naruto videos. Leave your suggestions for what Naruto topics you would like me to cover next in the comments, and while you wait for the next video to drop, feel free to check out my growing Naruto playlist, which includes videos on all Hokage, all Kage, all Uzumaki, all Tsutsuki, and much, much more. Link to that is in the description. And I especially want to thank the Patron Squad over on Patreon and here on YouTube who help make videos like this one possible. First and foremost, I want to thank the Patron of Legend, the one acknowledged by Lord Twigo himself, and the most donated champion of the world, Alpha Sigma, and are the one-tier Patrons, the ones who stand atop all clans, Ingrada, Acquire Respect, Pate Hefa, Liam Thompson, Al Dr. Cortman, Dustin Scarlet, The Toasted Chi, Bang, Emperor Otaku, Spidey Life Tenel, Baked Buddhist, Tungsten Tarkus, and You Know. And our Pro Hero Tier Patrons, The One and Only Gilgamesh, Steelers, Angel Cruz, Anatoly Kazaski, Cricket XP, Rithuin, Deora, Very Gucci, Alicia Actor, Bonnie Parks, Hinokami and Water, Joanne Garcia, The Red Haired Raven, Ted No Ted, iSparky65, Boy Games, Deadly Saint, and Soul Rise Slice and Dice. Thank you all so much. If you do enjoy our work, you can support more of it by going over to patreon.com slash uproar and becoming a patron today for as little as one dollar if you do so you'll get your name featured in future videos alongside these amazing people right here and you'll even get access to our private patron only discord where we talk about anime life and of course thank memes so check out patreon.com anime uproar link to that is in the description if you're interested you can also join the youtube channel by clicking that blue join button next to the subscribe button that you've hopefully already destroyed so yeah you can support more content that way if you prefer whichever way to support us you can get the same great benefits thanks again and until next time see ya space cowboys